Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Daniel Dixon, who is a co-founder of Mixie. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Pleasure to be here. It's going well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. You're in a space that is interesting to me, a space I don't understand super well, so maybe I can learn a little more about it through the, through this. So, so, so Mixie, what is it? For people that haven't heard of it, don't know what you're working on, what are you working on? What is Mixie? Sure, let's jump into it. So my co-founder and Travis Pettigrew and I, we made a website called hellomixie.com. The, uh, we kind of got two audiences we'll work with, but we'll start from the consumer side. So we've made a way for you as a consumer uh, to go try some new products. So we want to make it um, easy for you to discover new brands, new products. And the way we did that was by bundling together gift cards or what we call mixes. So you essentially can get 50 to 60% off on uh, a group of three gift cards to three different brands. You choose the three different brands from our catalog. Uh, and then, yeah, get to go shop and buy different products from their websites. 
we're taking advantage of all the different, what you call direct-to-consumer kind of boom and direct-to-consumer that's going on right now. So let's actually, um, for the next question, address what you just said, the last point. So I, I feel like I understand this, but at the same time, like, I feel like I've never actually asked someone who knows what they're talking about, what this is. Can you, can you educate me on what direct-to-consumer is and why is it blowing up now? I know it is. What's going on? Um, and, then, and then just kind of helping me understand like, what exactly is D2C? Is it the same as e-commerce, different, et cetera, things like that? Absolutely. Uh, so a little bit of my, my, my background, uh, I used to work for a large supplement company. So they would make you know, pre and post workout supplements, protein shakes, all that kind of stuff. So all the stuff, if you went to like a GNC, a bodybuilding.com, uh, whatever else, you know, for the folks that are gym rats, uh, they made stuff you'd find there. So uh, what a D2C is, again, direct-to-consumer, obviously you can buy their product at all sorts of different places, right? You can go to Amazon, you can go to Walmart, you go to Target, you can go to, again, Bodybuilding, GNC, Target, Bottom, all these different places. Uh, the direct-to-consumer is when the brand's just selling straight to you. So that is, you know, you go to uh, awesomesupplements.com or whatever the name of the brand is, and you're buying straight from their website. The change that's kind of happening, uh, so... I mean, five years ago, maybe even, maybe a little more, a little less, brands had websites where you could order from, um, but it was always kind of just, they had it, you know, just to have. Uh, a lot of times, especially even the big guys still don't have direct-to-consumer channels. I mean, uh, well, just as an example, you saw when COVID hit, the Pepsi came out with what they call, it was like snacks.com, some stuff like this. You could actually go order straight from Pepsi. Traditionally, you would never really do that. You would never go to pepsi.com and order stuff. You would go to, you know, wherever, everywhere in the world that Pepsi is sold, you know, from 7-Eleven to Walmart to wherever. Um, but there's been an explosion, or uh, lack of a better word, a, a large uptick in direct-to-consumer buying straight from brands here in 2020. Uh, if you look at a graph, like it grows you know, it's a hockey stick, as they say. So it kind of grows normally over the last 10 years, but it's essentially, I think, doubled or tripled. I forget what the graph had just here in 2020. So what kind of spurred that, um, again, everybody's comfortable ordering from Amazon, right? 50% um, of product searches start there. But now it's also people are getting more comfortable ordering straight from brands. So they can, and, and the ecostructure is all there, or ecosystem, I should say, is all there. Everybody's got Shopify, everybody can find co-packers, co everybody can find uh, logistics networks that just handle everything for you, everybody can find warehouse partners. So it's becoming very, very easy to make your own physical products uh, and ship it straight to consumers. That was a long-winded answer, but there you go. That's direct-to-consumer for you. I appreciate you sharing. It helps me understand what's going on in the market. And um, yeah, I feel like I understand more. So one of these things where the, it's, the timing is finally right, the stars are aligning for this to really blow up. And it is. So let's say I wanted to use Mixi as a consumer. What type of brands would I be getting? Do I like filter brands as a random? I, I guess let's go a little bit onto like the user experience for a consumer. And then we can talk about the brand side. Sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about talking on either one of those. So consumer side, these are all brands that you would find in Whole Foods. You'd find them in Safeway, Myers, all that kind of stuff. They're on the shelves, uh, but obviously brands always, they're always fighting uh, for what you call brand equity or brand, it's called brand equity, brand marketing, something like that. They always, you know, want to be in your headspace. They want to, they want you to know about them. So uh, we're not... I mean, you think gift cards, you probably think big guys, you know, Home Depot or something like that. But what we're doing is we're kind of enabling um, the 
a way to use gift cards for all the, the medium to large uh, mid-tier brands, I guess is the way we put it. So again, we started out in the, not to drop another industry term, but it's called CPG or consumer packaged goods, um, essentially grocery items, food and beverage items, essentially is where we're starting at. So these are chips. These are again, supplements. These are uh, sort of all sorts of other different things. We've got some uh, snacks. We've got all sorts of things from all these quality brands that, again, they're everywhere else. You can find them on Amazon. You can find them in Whole Foods and stuff, but they also have their own direct-to-consumer channels, which, you know, again, is their websites. So I feel like I hear the word CPG a lot, and I used to think that, I don't know why I thought this, but like CPG was equivalent to D2C. But is, so CPG is a type of D2C, it's consumer packaged goods. And if, if that's true, like, could you give me an example of, of a CPG company? And like, is there, can there be a D2C company that isn't a CPG company? I'm just trying to understand some of the terms. I know people listening are also trying to understand as well. Absolutely. So yeah, you could be a CPG company, meaning that your product is a consumer packaged good, something that you kind of order. I think the layman's term is, is the product that you order regularly. So cereal, drinks, um, anything that you might order every two to three to six weeks, something like that, you, re you replenish it. Um, and yeah, you could be, again, you would be a CPG company and you would be uh, selling in all these different places. That's what your product is, is a CPG product. D to C, again, is one of your sales channels. So it's where you actually sell stuff. Um, so a um, Amazon is a sales channel. Walmart is a sales channel. Um, yeah. Any other place that your, your product is available is another, is one of your sales channels. Uh, there's, I think retailer or there's more official terms for it, but yeah, D to C is one of your sales channels where you sell your product. Now you can be a D to C only company. Like you only sell online only straight from your website. But not to get too much in the weeds here, but that's just, again, a quick distinction. So CPG is what your product is, and then D2C is one of your sales channels. Now, this is great. I'm honestly, like, I, I feel like I now understand kind of the lingo and how this works. I, I honestly did not understand that until now, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. So you, so we kind of understand what D2C is, what CPG, what CPG is, what a consumer might be getting um, through Mixie. How do you, you might have just touched on this, but just like a little deeper on the brand side, do you, do you work with just CPG brands? Do you work with any D2C? Like how do you get people on your platform? And are you almost like in addition to D2C, like you're a different distribution platform for them? Like tell me about a little more about the brand side. Yeah. So every one of these brands, uh, as just as they have sales channels where they're actually, you can buy their product. They've also got marketing channels. And you're everybody more familiar with these a marketing channel could be Facebook ads, Google ads, Pinterest ads, uh, influencer campaigns, um, all sorts of stuff that, uh, you know, a place to market your product. So we're kind of a marketing channel as well. So the idea is that uh, we bring traffic, we bring folks to come to our site. They get to first determine, Hey, is this a good deal for me? If it is great, you know, they find three brands that they want to get gift cards to. Uh, and then the way, so again, still talking about the brand side, we're then driving that traffic essentially back to their D2C channel, again, being their websites, because we're giving uh, customers gift cards to their websites to buy product from them. So, that is, yeah, so we're, again, more terms, sales channel, marketing channel, we're a marketing channel for a brand's D2C sales channel. 
No, honestly, this is like golden. We one of the things I like to do in the podcast when there's an industry which I know matters, and D2C is like I guess that's a, like a channel, but D2C is this word that is thrown around all the time, and I like I have always felt out of the loop because I didn't understand. And I, I honestly think a lot of the listeners are grateful that you're explaining how you're explaining it. So thank you. Let's go sure. back, go back, you know, to the origin story of this. You know, you got this this industry that's blowing up you got your you have your own experience in, in this industry why did you do this why did you decide to start to, to co-found mixy yeah uh we actually i mean this idea has been around just because it comes from my own experience working inside of large brands that have been working on their d2c channel so i've i've got to stop saying d2c but anyway um i've got an engineering background so we've i've worked on setting up all the marketing tools that you know teams need, uh, setting up their e-commerce stores, all this kind of stuff, uh, and just saw the, the, the value add for a brand is if they could choose where a customer would check out, uh, ideally they would choose their own website. Uh, you know, where somebody checks out, we don't have much, a lot of control over, um, but on their own website, they're obviously gonna make the most margin. They get, a, they get to have a connection and relationship with that customer because they're getting their email address and all that kind of stuff. So that's one idea of where Mixi came out of is how do we drive, how do we foster uh, consumers to go uh, check out and buy directly from brands just so there's a, you know, a one-to-one relationship there. Brands like it, customers can get better deals, all that kind of stuff. The other piece of it um, is, you know, we kind of have this bundling idea. So we're bundling cards where we make you, not make you, you have to choose three brands. You can't just choose one. Um, so that idea came out of just, there's, um, some fun, it's a way of, we can bring some brands to bring brands together. And also the consumer gets a good deal, um, just by paying one price, they're getting, you know, multiple things. You see it, uh, kind of in the, this is also actually something that comes from the supplement space where they will stack supplements, you know, you need a pre-workout, you know, post-workout and like you can buy your stack of supplements. So that's kind of where the idea came from of um, how do I, how do I, how can we like do something where it's a bundling of brands? Uh, it's kind of like a brand collaboration. You know, you see brands, they'll do crossover social posts on Instagram or something like that. Um, what's another way that the official term is, what's another way that we could do partnership marketing essentially is uh, the way to do it. So brands are collaborating. They're all, um, they've kind of made a, a joint product, which would be a bundle of gift cards, uh, and then consumers uh, end up getting a great deal to all three. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you, could, can you kind of touch on? Um, you don't. You don't have to go deep on this, but why do bundles work? And like, why would a brand like leave money on the table to you to be in one of your bundles, but you can go straight to the consumer. Like, like obviously there's a whole mm-hmm. world of bundle economics, which like I don't understand super well. Sure. Can, you, can you kind of go into even just a little bit on like how bundles work, why brands love them and why consumers love them and why it's just a proven model all across the internet? <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, backing up a little bit, there's obviously with um, when I, when a, a brand is just doing their own bundle, say they're bundling together, you know, four or five of their own products or something. Uh, it's obviously a way for them to encourage a, a higher order uh, for for people to actually spend more on their orders. What I mean, um, it's for the consumer. They know, like, either I could I could get all these separately, but I have to pay for them all full price, or I could just spend a little more and get everything all here at this one time. 
you know, this is the only time, only chance I can get all these uh, at a at a reduced cost if I buy them all together. So it kind of becomes um, for the consumer again, it's a good deal for the brand. They get to move more product uh, and then also save on shipping, save on all that kind of stuff. For the idea of uh, using bundling as a collaboration, like across brands or across influencers or something like that. Um, I, it's actually something just, I've kind of seen what you call like the bundle community. There's different websites out there, folks that will um, bring together influencers or folks with digital products and stuff like that and do kind of annual events. And then the whole idea is that for the influencer, it's a way of leveraging their, their audience and, and, uh, throwing a product in to make like a great deal and they all raise money for charity or something. And then again, for the consumer, they're kind of getting a, you know, a whole slew of products at a reduced price, only available for a limited time kind of thing. So we're trying to take advantage of all that. It's the idea of, um, we've got a bunch of great brands. It's a catalog. You choose which ones fit your lifestyle, whether you, you know, you're looking for healthy cookies, paleo, keto, keto, um, keto cookies or, or cereal or all this kind of stuff. Uh, but you're getting, we, you as a consumer get a great deal. And then the cost is kind of spread across all the different brands themselves. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, and I appreciate you explaining the, a little bit of the economics behind bundling. It's so fascinating. Like this is all, all, all around the internet. You have bundles and you only once you think of bundle economics or bundle theory, you then see them everywhere. So maybe people listening will like notice more bundles on the internet. Um, for, uh, so for you, like, let's look out, you know, you, you got this, this hot market, you got someone that's a, you know, a team that's experienced in the space. You, you, you have an interesting product. Let's, let's go out like 10 years or so or, or 15 years. What could this look like? Um, you know, if it gets big, when it gets big, or I guess in other words, like what's the big vision for it? Sure. We, we really like the idea of um, how we connect consumers to brands. Uh, I think a lot of us are creatures of habit. We all kind of go to Amazon or go to our store and get the same things that you have. But what's nice is there's this big explosion of all sorts of great products coming out now. Uh, like one of our brand, one of the brands that we have in our catalog is called Renewal Mill, and they they actually make upcycled. Uh, it's a weird word, but they make upcycled products. So they're actually products made from the byproduct of something else. Um, so it's the, to put it lightly, essentially they're reducing carbon footprint, they're reusing stuff that, you know, would just go to a landfill and they're making human edible great products out of it. Uh, another example, we got Pulp Pantry, which is on our catalog. They make chips that's out of veggies. And so this is all, all these veggies that are, they're essentially, you know, processed by a juicer, used for something else, orange juice or whatever else. And then all that stuff is either thrown away or given to cattle, whatever else, but it's all human edible. And so like they will take it and actually make great chips out of it. So they're veggie chips. They're not, you know, your normal, um, I won't throw, I won't throw a brand under the bus, but you know, we all have, there's all connotations that go around chips and whether, how healthy they are and whatnot. So that all to say, there's a large explosion now in all sorts of great CPG and just, just in general, direct to consumer brands. Uh, and so there's fun ways that um, Mixi in the next 10 years, I hope can keep working on and connecting consumers to great brands. The popular channels now are all, they're all beholden and all paying to the ever rising ad cost of Google ads and Facebook ads and stuff like that. And so, and especially now in this weird window that we're in where you can't go outside and you can't do you know, any type of the 
experiential marketing. You can't sponsor concerts. You can't do any of this stuff because none of it's going on. So it's all, you're all just trying to track eyeballs online. Um, we we're hoping to be kind of like a fun experiential marketing or something, but online, it's a unique way to, again, uh, motivate customers to go explore some brands, figure out one makes sense for them. They get to find a new brand with great products and save on it. And then the cut, the brand also, they get to, uh, acquire a new customer form a relationship and, uh, you know, join their newsletter, <laughs> send they start sending you deals and all sorts of fun things like this as well. So when you, excuse me, when you're obviously, when you have that one-to-one -one relationship with a, a brand who makes great products, especially because a lot of these are, they've, a lot of these brands do, some of them have a, a like a purpose-driven um, initiative behind them, which is also pretty popular these days. So you can, again, feel good about the purchase that you're making. And into to kind of like make it all happen to get as many brands as you can on this and, and to, to to just make the vision happen you'll need some help um you know along the way like you'll need more brands you might need more consumers maybe investors if you're trying to to do that uh, go on that route but you'll what you'll definitely need is the help from the forward-thinking founders community so for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help do you have an ask for anyone listening in the way they might be able to help push your business forward? Absolutely. So first and foremost, we, uh, especially because our product catalog is uh, food and beverage right now, I know everybody has to eat. So we'd love for you to check out our catalog and find out if Mixy makes sense for you and you've got products uh, or we've got brands of products that you want to try. So again, it's, it's, you're getting three gift cards, it's half off. And so you can take that and go straight to brands and get a great deal there. Uh, we're exploring some other, we're tweaking all sorts of variables and, and doing all sorts of other fun things to, again, bring great deals to customers. On the brand side, again, um, we would love to talk to any brands. We get a couple of brands a week that we're doing demos with, and we try to onboard a brand every week just to keep the catalog fresh and cycling, uh, cycling through some great product. Uh, would love to talk to any brands that are interested in joining. Um, yeah, so it's been a labor of love. This is all bootstrapped. Uh, Travis and I have been working on this we, from our own uh, reserves, just as doing consulting and things like that the last couple of years. And so, yeah, we're happy to put what we have out in front of the world and really hope you like it. All right, well, the, I guess final, final question to make sure we get it in. If, if you, you wanna share the URL of your website again or your Twitter link or your email or any way someone can get in touch if they're interested, I guess, I guess how can they find you guys online? Absolutely, so it's hellomixy.com. Uh, Mixy is uh, M-I-X-Y.com, so hellomixy.com. Uh, the social handles are the same, Hello Mixy on Instagram, Twitter as well. And then you can find me at daniel at hellomixy.com. You got that you got that social media brand consistency sometimes some people are like oh on twitter we're this but on facebook we're this but you got that you got you got a lockdown which is great well thanks yep. for coming on to the podcast I, I learned a ton about this industry and bundle economics and i think you're working on something super interesting so wish you the best of luck and um and thank you again for coming on thanks so much matt really appreciate it